Basically, about to get started. Um, so, like they said, my name is Baylor. Uh, I'm leaving Monday to go play basketball in Nashville, Tennessee. I've been coming to this church for probably about last two or three months, uh, but it's been a very big part of my life for the last two and three months. I've been coming about three times a week. Uh, I went to camp with them, and it's really changed my life uh, for the better, and really give me got me a personal relationship with God. So, um, just thank y'all all for accepting me here, and really just giving me this opportunity. So, um, basically, I'm going to visit every time I get back, too, by the way. So, anyways, so tonight when James asked me about a couple days ago if uh, speaking tonight is something I'd be interested in, I definitely knew it was something that I wanted to do, but I didn't know. I was still kind of nervous, and I got kind of anxious about it, but what I came to realize is through that anxious feeling and anxiety about tonight is what I found my inspiration to speak on. So tonight I basically want to speak about anxiety and fear. And the three things I want to go over are um, how, number one, is where anxiety can come from in your life. Number two, uh, what God's word says about anxiety in your life. And number three, how to apply God's word to your life to deal with this anxiety. Um, so throughout our lives, I know that we have a lot of pressure on us, especially if you're a student and Christian. There's always expectations for you to just be this perfect student, perfect Christian, perfect child, just everything like that. And it could definitely be challenging and put a lot of stress on you, put some stress on your mental health. And everybody's really experienced this. I know I'm not the only person that has. It's easy to feel overwhelmed through all of this. Um, so anxiety comes from basically fear of the future and depression can come from reminiscence of the past and it can really take over somebody's life especially if you have a past that you regret like just about everybody does um, so but what you have to understand is that life goes on with or without mistakes and mistakes are going to happen so with these mistakes you need to apply these you need to learn as believers what we have to remember is that at, although we don't feel like it sometimes that we're not big enough to amount to this depression or anxiety uh, God is bigger than this depression and anxiety and your life is worth living through every battle, no matter what. And no matter what you're struggling with, basically. Um, so if everybody in here has a purpose, so you have to remember that. Uh, God the Creator designed me and everybody else in here. But personally, I'm speaking to myself right now because for me, I can't even control my own mind at sometimes. But So it's hard for me to understand that God designed me for a purpose in life. And He did. He designed me to fulfill my purpose. Um, so if y'all have a Bible out, y'all can flip to 2 Timothy, um, chapter 1, verse 7. Dude, 
Look at this hand. Look at this hand. Look at this hand. All right, y'all ready? Y'all there? Yeah, go ahead. All right, you want to read it, Billy? Yeah, I got you. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. So, basically, that verse stuck out to me. I wanted to uh, talk about it because that really helps us see that God doesn't want us to have the spirit of uh, timidity. He wants us to be able to control our minds. He doesn't want us to have anxiety. That's not how He created us. But of course, that comes in with our sin nature. We are human, so that will come in. But basically, God does not want us to experience this. And how do we know that He doesn't want to experience this? Well, it's prevalent throughout His Word. Um, you can flip to Psalms 139. Uh, Verse 17. So I'll read this one. Uh, verse 17 starts off. I'm in the NLT, so it's probably not going to be the same as some of y'all's Bibles. But so mine says, How precious are your thoughts about me, O God? They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you're still with me. So obviously I chose that verse as being prevalent to how do we know that God doesn't want us to live in anxiety and fear? It's because he cares about us. Uh, if the thoughts about us outnumber the grains of the sand, God obviously wants you to live a happy life. He wants to be with you and he wants you to experience his grace and his love. So now that we know all of that, now we have to move on to understanding how to focus in and defeat that this anxiety because it's probably going to happen to everybody in here at one point in your life. Um, so the two main areas to defeat this are you have to focus, um, you have to learn to relax and to give everything to God as well as trusting God through trials and basically letting him write your story. And by story, I mean your story of life. God's the author to your story and you're basically just the pen, the instrument that will be used to tell the story. And But God doesn't just see like a pen like we said. He doesn't see us just interchangeable or anything like that. He has a special purpose for you. Just like a writer can't do anything without a pen, God, he wants you to live out this purpose. So the next thing we know, now looking at that, we understand that God doesn't want us to let this take over our, like us. So that's hard sometimes. Just because we know that God doesn't want this to let us take over and we know that we're not supposed to live in anxiety, it's a lot easier said than done sometimes. And everybody can struggle with it. Basically, how is this possible to get over this? Um, this is the last verse I'm going to look at. So, it's Philippians four, Philippians chapter four, and then it's verse six and seven. Yeah, 
Yeah. You want to read it? Yeah, I can. All right, go ahead. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present to your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends, transcends all understanding, will guard you in your hearts and your mind on Christ Jesus. Alright, thank you Evan. So, in that verse, he even used the word anxious um, because he doesn't want you to be anxious about anything. So that's another verse that basically shows that he wants you to live with him, but he gives you directions in that verse on how to do this. Now, my translation directly says, don't worry about anything instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which can exceed anything that we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ. So those are his direct orders on how to deal with anxiety is to pray. You have to pray daily. On your walk with God, you have to be close with him, and he can deliver you from this. So basically, what, if any time I feel anxious, any time I feel nervous, any time I feel fearful, I just instantly go to prayer and say, God, help deliver me from this anxiety. And so whatever you focus on, basically, is what you're going to uh, grow in. For me, sometimes I don't focus on the best things. So an example of that is anxiety. Sometimes I make up scenarios in my head that are never actually even going to happen in real life. So I make up these scenarios and I focus on them. And then those end up growing along with my anxiety. It ends up growing. But if you were to take this focus and channel it into your relationship with God, then that will end up growing. And your relationship with God will end up growing. And so to basically, to finish this up now, um, one line that stuck out the most to me that I heard like if you don't take anything else away take this away on how to apply it practically to your life instead of telling God how big your problems are tell your problems how big God is so that's what stuck out to me that's how you apply it don't sit here and don't tell God and go on and on about how big your problems are and basically sulk in them because you're not going to get anything from there you have to be able to analyze your problems and then move on with that. And you have to tell your problems how big God is, how he can deliver you from these things. So yeah, that's basically it. Yeah. Let's give another round of applause. Very good job. Uh, that's pretty awesome to be able to get up here in front of your peers, to be able to speak, and especially uh, an extended period of time, and especially be able to hit multiple topics like, like Bailey just did, talk about anxiety. Everything he said was very true in regards to how anxiety does happen to all of us and how God does not desire you to live in that anxious state, but we desire to basically play with anxiety. So thank you so much, Baylor. And it was cool because when I first asked him to speak, I, you know, I basically was like, hey, you know, maybe like a five-minute spill, you know, because I was worried he wasn't going to be comfortable enough, you know, it's just do five minutes, and then he... Then he texts me today and he's like, hey, dude, do you mind? i got to have more, more than five minutes, more than five minutes. And so we worked out a different, uh, different way. I called him on the phone and we planned out a good, good idea. And, and come to find out, the lesson that I was planning has a story that deals with anxiety. So it was actually really cool. So now we're going to flip to Acts chapter 16. We're going to tie it all together. We're going to take all the things that Baylor just did, all of the applications. He gave us the bonus verses, basically, and gave us a great lead up right into the story. We're going to tell the story really quickly, about five minutes. We'll be good to go. Good job, baby. Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. 
Hey, this leads me to another thing. If you ever feel like you have something you want to say or a message, just let me know. Because I mean, I, I usually let people speak at any time so they want to, and everyone seems to knock it out of the park every time. We, every time y'all do it. So if you ever want to give a little message or something, just let me know. And we can work work something out. So Acts chapter sixteen, we're going to be looking at verse number twenty. Is where we're going to start off at Acts chapter sixteen. Y'all, let me know when y'all are there. Acts chapter sixteen. Verse number 20 is where we're going to start off at. Uh, Connor, you mind reading, reading reading, through 24 real quick? They brought them before the magistrates and said, These men are Jews and are throwing, out, are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept our practice, accept our practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. A couple key things here. He's talking about Paul and Silas, and what's happening to Paul and Silas if we just heard those verses? What basically just happened to them? They were thrown in jail. Okay, now it wasn't just jail. It's what type of jail? I mean, what does it say? It says something about the jail. I got a dungeon. Dungeon, cage, the inner jail. I mean, very, very deep. Within the confines of the uh, the jailhouse, basically, right? And what did it say? I mean, happens. It was like a roaring crowd, and they also got what? There was something else happened to them. What else? They got beat. They got beaten. They got stripped. Right? I mean, you're talking about being inside the inner jail. You've been beaten. You've been stripped. I mean, what are you thinking about right now? I mean, seriously, what are you truly thinking about right now? Verse number twenty-five. I love it. It starts off by saying, "Hit us with it, Jacob, since it was your birthday." About midnight. Whoa, whoa! Stop right there. At what time? This is so cool because it's the detail that Scripture puts in there at midnight. When do you have anxiety? By yourself. By yourself. Have you ever had anxiety when you were by yourself late at night and you were thinking about them scenarios? Oh, yeah. And you created them, right? And now you're entertaining them? And that scenario hasn't even come to pass yet? Or that scenario has been in the past? Here's the part that's crazy. We're talking about Paul who persecuted Christians, right? Hey, guess what? When he's in the dungeon at midnight right now, he left his past in the past. Right? Have you truly let your past stay in the past? Or do you keep dwelling on it late at night at midnight? All of a sudden the devil starts getting into you. Starts making you feel guilty again. Reminds you about how terrible you were in your sin. Because now you've been bought by the blood of Christ and he can't stand that you're professing God's name in the streets. Right? Here at midnight, I love that detail, Jacob. Keep going with it. Whoa, whoa, hey, how do you do with anxiety? Baylor told us, what do you do when you have anxiety to do what? Pray. Pray. What does Paul and Silas do? The example that we're seeing in Scripture, whenever a situation when we would have anxiety, what are they doing? Praying. Do you know the best example is you doing something right and showing someone your life living right, not doing something wrong and telling them, don't live like me. Your testimony, if you believe your testimony is strong by telling people not to live the way you lived in college, and you think that's going to be the best testimony, you are sadly mistaken. The best testimony you can give is living right for Christ. Not telling people, don't do what I did. Y'all following with me? That's the the thing we're looking at here. So it says here they prayed, and what does it say? What's the next verse, Jacob? Sorry, it's your birthday. i got to keep cutting you off. Whoa, whoa, singing what to God? Hymns. Now, now you got to remember, they're in the inner jail cell, right? It's midnight. They've been beaten. Would you be singing hymns at this point? 
I mean, think about it. How hard is it to sing hymns on a Sunday morning when we're tired? Can you imagine getting beaten? And then you're in the inner cell. And actually it says in the verse before that their feet were fast and what? Stocks. I mean, they were bound up, right? So how do you sing praises when your feet are bound up? Think about it. We love to sing praises when our life is going great. We love to sing praises when we don't have anxiety. We love to sing praises when it's not at midnight. Yeah, get us in the crowd, get us at church, where our hands will go right up. But the music we listen to when we're back at home, it's never going to be worship music. It's never going to be a hymn. Right? That's what we're seeing here, and I think it's something that's cool. What does it say at the last part, Jacob, the last phrase? And the other prisoners were listening. Wow, okay, so the other prisoners were listening to them at midnight. They were singing praises, and they were praying. I think this is something that's cool. It says their feet were what? Their feet were fastened, yet they were free by the blood of Christ to sing praises down in the inner cell. You do realize anytime you have an anxious thought that's trying to bound you by the feet in the inner jail cell of your life, God has redeemed you and gave you a new song to sing. And anytime the Roman guards or the people in your life want to point you back to that period in your life when you used to be, and they try to put them shackles back on your feet, remind them, Christ freed you from that. Y'all following with me? How do you sing praises when you're shackled up? Here they prayed when they deal with a situation that was in anxiety. Verse number 26. And suddenly there was a great what? Earthquake. Earthquake. So that the foundation of the prisons were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison awaking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open. Now here's the part that's crazy. Think about the guard who's now protecting them, right? An earthquake is happening. He knows something just happened down in the cells, right? The doors seem to be open. Everyone seems to be unshackled. What do you think you're doing if it was your responsibility to take care of and make sure that them people did not get out? What are you thinking right now? Oh, shoot. oh my goodness, right? They're all gone. I'm going to be caught. I'm going to be blamed for it. Now, what happens? He drew out his sword and would have killed himself. Now, why would he have killed himself? Because guess what? In that moment, he's thinking of a scenario. What's going to happen when people find out? that all these prisoners were let out. Here you see a situation when anxiety is getting the best of you. Are you following with me? What did he want to do with himself? He wanted to kill himself. And the situation was not even there yet. Now, I don't want to speak lightly because I know sometimes we can get in a type of thought where we're like, man, why are we even here on earth anymore? I want to remind you something. Like Baylor said, God has designed you for a purpose and anytime you're deviating from that purpose or anytime the devil is trying to call you not to think about your purpose, it is only the devil trying to do so. Y'all following with me? Here it says he drew out his sword and would have killed himself supposing that the prisoners had been fled. Right? It had not happened yet. Anxious because it had not happened. A, a scenario that had not taken place. Here's the part that's amazing. Verse number 28. But Paul cried with a loud voice saying, Do thyself no harm for we are all here. Verse number 26, we're only going to read two more verses and we're going to close out. Uh, take us away. 29. Oh, sorry, 28. Take us away, Zach. Sorry. Oh, yeah, pay attention so well. But Paul shouted to him, stop, don't kill yourself. We are all here. All right, verse number 29 says what? The jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. This is something that's cool. So it's a little detail. Again, I love this. The, the guard calls for a what? Light. A light. So on top of the fact that they're in the dungeon, you do realize how dark it was in there? We kind of forget that detail. 
It was very, very dark. I don't know about you guys, but I'm scared to death when it's pitch black dark. Are y'all not afraid of the dark? Like, seriously, that kind of scares me a little bit. Especially when I have anxiety, right? So pitch black dark or whatever. Here we go. Verse number 30. Here's the final thing. Uh, or a couple key things we're going to close out. Take us away, Joshua, my brother. And he brought them out saying, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Wow. Now this is the part that's pretty cool. I want you to read verse number 27. I'm going to read it for you real quickly. And the keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep, and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself. You go down to verse number 30. What must I do to be saved? You see how close he was? You see how close he was? I'm going to kill myself. A couple verses later, what must I do to be saved? How does that happen? I mean, really think about it. How does that happen? What must I do to be saved? Verse number 31. And they said, whoa, whoa, whoa. And who said? And Paul and Silas. And, and, and can you imagine the other prisoners also saying something? Hey, they were singing hymns down there. They were praying. And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, and thy house. And they spoke unto him the word of the Lord, and to all that were in his house. And he took him the same hour of the night, and washed their stripes. And what's the next phrase? And was baptized. He and all his straightway. And we had brought them unto his house. He set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. And when it was day, the masterite sent the surgeons, saying, Let these men go. Here's the last thing I wanted to give, give y'all as we were going forward. In a scenario in the dungeon at midnight, Paul and Silas, if we were put in that scenario our anxiety wouldn't be spinning, right? I mean, our anxiety spins when we're in the comfort of our own house and we're worried about high school problems tomorrow, uh, the college exam, the midterm, if our boss likes us or not. And these people... Oh, y'all are welcome to come in. Y'all are close. What up, guys? Sorry. We're right at the end, but y'all can find a seat. Y'all kind of chose the wrong door, honestly, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah, any, anywhere. They have some seats back there, some over there. Oh, I can sit on this side. Oh, you sure can. I'm gonna be right here, but that's fine. Just back door. All right. Hey, let me just sit on that too. My bad. Good deal. All right. Can someone get it? Give me where we were at, real quick, because I'm gonna close this out. We got. Yep, one minute. We got. What we got? What we talk about? What's something that we got? We got new people coming in. Someone hit me with it. Bailey, you wanna hit us with something? What you got? What we talking about? Anxiety? Okay, dealing with anxiety, that's good. Okay, what else about it? We would have anxiety think about high school stuff tomorrow. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, so Paul and Silas are in the dungeon, all right? And what are they doing? They're praying and singing songs. When's the last time you prayed and sang songs when you were alone in the comfort of your bed? Instead of thinking about the scenarios of school tomorrow, thinking whether my significant other really loves me or not, whether I have good friends, whether I'm doing good in my sports team. That's what we like to think about late at night. We like to play the scenario over and over and over again in our head, right? Here, Paul and Silas, they're praying and singing songs. And the part that's amazing, and the prisoners heard. What do people hear from you? A spirit of fear? A spirit of anxiety? A spirit of, I wonder if they like me, I wonder if they don't? Is that all you ever talk about? Or do you have a spirit of power because God has saved you? And now my new song is He's redeemed me. And no matter what people try to do, no matter what type of shackles they put around my feet, no matter the inner dungeon or the darkness or the time at night, I will always have a song to sing because I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Are y'all following with me?
how to deal with anxiety, you pray. If you're struggling with anxiety, you pray. If you know someone else who's struggling with anxiety, what do you do for them? Pray for them. Y'all following with me? So we're going to close out tonight by doing something special just like we did last